Hey Inspired Person, welcome to another episode. Today's guest is Yolande Morris. Yolande is my neighbor, she is my friend, she is sometimes my walking partner, um, and she's someone who I think is really insightful and interesting. She's someone who is sure of what her calling is, what her purpose is in life, and she's someone who has gone through burnout, right? And so in this episode, we talk about what that was like for her, why it's so important for her to institute self-care in her life and in her practice, and the importance of showing up as herself, not just in real life, but also on social media. We talk about this whole hashtag girl boss culture, as well as church culture. If you feel like the church culture thing is not something that you're familiar with, I want you to think about it in terms of the causes and the organizations that you are part of, even your job, right? Right? Do you really understand the mission of the organization you belong to? Do you really believe in it? And how do your actions match up to it? Just something to think about. This episode takes an interesting twist towards the end. So just listen all the way through and be inspired. Today, our guest is Yolan Morris. Yolan is a storyteller. She is passionate about telling women's stories and created Wit and Grace magazine to share faith-based stories of women on a mission. She's also the host of the Care Deeply podcast, a weekly conversation on self-care and other ways women can care for themselves and others. Welcome, Yolan. Hi, thanks for having me. Keisha. I know. I still calling you Dr. Keisha. So Girl, it's, it's, you call me whatever. Um, <laughs> you're my neighbor, but obviously. <laughs> hey, neighbor. I know. Obviously, with all of this going on, we're going to do it this way. But thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So my first question is usually, who is Yolette? Right. So there's Yolande, there's Yolande, and then, you know, there's Yolande. <laughs> okay. So who are we going to be today? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be myself. That's one of the benefits of being, you know, in your like mid thirties is that you just like don't care. I think that's one of the benefits of getting older and more mature. Like, I just really don't care. I don't care anymore what anyone thinks of me. So as you mentioned, I'm a writer. I'm a writer professionally. Um, I work for a pharmaceutical company and I create content and I lead a a colleague activation platform. And so usually um, during the day, you will find me creating all kinds of content. What's really great about my job is I get to work with like different groups within the company. So um, right now it's Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. So I'm working with a lot of Asian colleagues on creating content um, around, you know, the holiday, celebrating heritage. I'm working on some like clinical stuff. I'm working also um, with, you know, just maximizing social media. So I spent a good chunk of my day like training people on social media. So that's what I do. And why I mention that is because I, I think that for so long, I've tried to figure out who I am. And for a lot of those years, who I am was, who I was, (laughs) was defined by what I do. And I didn't like what I did, you know? And so for a long time, I was like really unhappy. And it took me a while to, I think, really try to learn to um, find, find my purpose, find what it, what it is that I love to do. Um, And so I don't mind being defined by that because I think that, I would say that I'm purpose driven in all that I do. So I love things that, um, you know, just establishes a sense of purpose, a sense of, you know, um, the greater good, helping others achieve their purpose. And so that ties into the magazine, that ties into the podcast. And just in the work that I do, I, I am always seeking out like purpose in it, like telling people's stories, you know, sharing, you know, how we can just make this world better. Awesome. So, you know, our whole theme this season is detours. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we think about detours, we're like, wait a minute, it threw me off my path. But you actually kind of needed to be thrown off your path to get on the right one. So can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And, you know, I think 
I've had a lot of detours. Like I've had professional detours. Um, as I mentioned, like for a long time, I didn't like what I, I, I did because I didn't really understand it in the context of who I was as a person and what I, I felt called to do. So I was in sales. I started my career in sales and then I made a detour into communications, right? But I think the biggest detour for me, especially in this season, has been like kind of this detour, this departure from this kind of hashtag girl boss culture. Talk about it. Because we will sit in, again, it goes back to identity. It goes back to like what you think you're supposed to do and who you think you're supposed to be. And so, you know, obviously, um, hashtag girl boss has been trending for years and we see it everywhere. Everyone wants to be this kind of girl boss, the rise of feminism. And I kind of like latched onto that as part of my identity a couple of years ago, because I'm like, oh, you know, this is so like women empowerment. Like I feel called to empower women and thinking that you have to be, you know, a girl boss to be respected because that's what you see. Those are the images that you see on social media. Um, you know, these women who are leading companies, entrepreneurs, and you, and so I spent, I think a good chunk of time, you know, thinking about, thinking more about, okay, image, the image that I needed to portray, the person that I needed to be, um, to kind of fit into this hashtag girl boss culture. And even when I launched the magazine, a large part of the anxiety that I felt like I had in the beginning was tied to that, like this image control of hashtag girl boss. And it just, you know, after like dealing with like panic attacks and just all kinds of things with anxiety, I had to like slow down and really take some, some time and say like, who, I, who am I? apart from who I want people to, who do I think there's that, you know, that outer self, the self that you want other people to see you as, and then who is Yolande, right? So this kind of Yolande that's out there is, um, she's super extroverted. She's everywhere. She's always traveling. She's always at some event celebrating, you know, milestones, which I do love to celebrate people. I'm not going to lie. But I think um, what I've learned over the last two years, and especially now during coronavirus shutdown, is that I love being home. Can I tell you, like, there's such a peace, I think, in being home, in being steady, in being just calm, and like, just, just not having to be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the place that I've been trending towards or heading towards because what was happening before wasn't working for me. As I mentioned, like I was, I was just filled with like anxiety always like, oh my gosh, I need to be here, but I have like a million and one things to do, you know, having a high pressure job at times running a magazine <laughs> as, as well. And in a good portion of the last few years, I was in graduate school and serving in ministry. Okay, so let's let's slow it down. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's a lot, right? And so you talk about being in this job that you're excelling at because you're someone who whatever you do, you're gonna excel at it. You put in the work. Yeah. You go to one of the you went to the best high school in New York City. Come on. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, shout out to Brooklyn Tech. And you're trying to shift into something that feels more natural, that's more purpose-driven, but then there's this pressure to appear to be this person who sort yeah. of has it all together, all the razzle and dazzle, right. but you're experiencing all this anxiety. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about, because I feel like women who are sort of like highly driven and high mm -hmm. achievers will experience anxiety, but not necessarily label it as such and, and just sort of be like, well, it comes with what I'm doing. It's a high pressure situation. Right. What did that feel and look like for you? You know, I think that for a long time, it, you know, I didn't really, I didn't know how to define it. I didn't know that it was that, right? Um, I just was like, why am I like worried all the time? So you're worried all the time. You know, you worried all the time. Like, am I going to get everything done? 
I have so much on my plate that I'm over-functioning. Like, oh my gosh, I have to, I can't say no. I can't say no. Um, you know, and so I just, you keep saying yes. And your plate is like full and more full and it's over. It's like stuff is like falling off your plate and you're trying to like grab it all. Right. Because as your mother told, as my mom told me, you got to eat everything I put on the plate. Mm. Don't waste anything. So you're like, oh my God, I cannot waste an opportunity. So you say yes to everything. Um, and then there's also just sometimes the pressure of being in church and feeling like, you know, or people telling you like, oh, you know, you got to serve. The best way to serve God is by doing, right? And so just getting caught up in that. And so for a long time, it was just like, just this overwhelming sense of pressure of, I have a lot on my plate. I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going. But I need to take something off. I need to take something off, but not really feeling like I could. Mm-hmm. And obviously you said I'm driven. So I'm driven because I know that God has called me to certain things, but then sometimes it's those other things that um, people expect you to do or ask you to do that you're like, depending on who's asking, and then also depending on how you think that might help you in the long run, right? And so because a large part of my job is social media, you know, I spend good part of my day training people on how to training leaders, how to use social media, um, developing their social media presence online, things like that. So then I felt the pressure, like I have to kind of develop my social media presence, you know, semi kind of influencer photo shoots. Oh, let's do a photo shoot. Let's do a photo shoot. I love, I'm not gonna lie. I love photo shoots. I mean, photo shoots are fun. Listen, I'm, and, and those, those, I will continue to do them. But I think it's also the expectations. You set these kind of unrealistic expectations, right, of yourself and um, how soon your business is supposed to grow, um, how soon you're supposed to make milestones in your life. And then you set that against, like, your age because, you know, it's like, oh, I'm trying to make some 40 under 40 list, right? So I got to get cracking. I got to do this in X amount of time. So sometimes it's not even how much you have on your plate to accomplish, but also the time frame that you give yourself to do it. Mm. And one of the things that I've had to realize over the last couple of years is that my time frame and God's time frame are two different things. Like if I had it my way, I'd have been married with kids <laughs> much further along in my career, all the things. And God's like, nah, that's not it. That's not it. So you said a lot. I like one of the things that you said <laughs> that I want to go back to is like, you know, that there are things that God called you to. Yeah. Um, and you want to focus on those things and you want to do those things. But when, again, when people see you doing things well, then they want you to do things for them as well. Yep. <laughs> and it puts you in this position where like you're taught not to say no to mm-hmm. the things of God, right? Yeah. <laughs> the air quotes because it's like, well, just because it's something that needs to get done doesn't mean that I have to do it. Facts. And so I think a breaking point for me happened a couple of years ago. And I remember and it was, <laughs> I remember it was, um, again, I was in grad school. I was serving in ministry, had a full-time job. So like three really kind of high pressure things were happening in my life. And I just remember feeling angry Mm. because, you know, sometimes um, that anxiety and that pressure. And so when you see a lot of times and now I, because I I kind of lived through it, now I recognize it in other women. Why are they so bitter? Why are they so mean? Why are they so just like, like you just don't want to be around them. It's like, they mad. Because they're doing too much Mm. a lot of the times. So I've seen all the personalities. And what I recognize is there are a lot of women that are carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Like these women are the breadwinners in their families. They're, um, you know, the mothers. They're, They're doing everything. And it's not just Black women. I think we think that burden only falls um, in the Black community. 
I saw, I, so I would see these women and just be like, wow, like they've achieved like the pinnacle in their career, but they just seem so sad and unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want that. Um, and so I remember having like kind of this breaking point where as a ministry leader was like, oh, you should be doing this, this, and this. And I was like, nah, bruh, do it yourself. <laughs> Deuces, I'm out. <laughs> you know, and it just, um, at the time, I just didn't care. Because you said, as I said, like a part of getting older is like, hey, I will not be used or abused. I don't care who you are. And I just had to take care of myself. I recognize like I need time to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I just had to, had to do that for my sanity. So you said, I will not be used and abused. I will not. Can we talk about how not. that's easy to happen in ministry? Oh, girl. Because what happens a lot is, um, you know, if you're not careful and if you don't know the word of God for yourself, people will twist God's word to indoctrinate you to serve them in ways that you were never meant to. You were never meant to serve pastors and leaders. You're meant to serve God in his kingdom, right? You serve God's people, but you know, there are some things that I think happen in churches that I'm like, I'm always like, that's not right. That's not okay. Like I've grown up in church my whole life. I've seen it all. Yeah. I think you just labeled and described why a lot of people leave churches or leave Mm -hmm. church period. Yeah. Um, And sometimes, and and that anger that you talk about is very real and it's burnout and it's being tired and and it's not, you know, walking in your purpose and all those things and people just get fed up and walk away. Um, and I think, I think that's really important that you were able to label that because it, be, it can be not a great place to be at. Absolutely. And I think that the tragedy, the tragedy of most churches, um, and there's no perfect church. I've, I've searched high, I've searched low. There's no perfect church, right? But I think the tragedy of most churches is that um, we really teach people, again, to serve people in the church. And so you have a lot of people that just keep going and serving and serving, and they have no real relationship with the Heavenly Father, with Jesus, none. So if you get to the point where you're burnt out and you're leaving church, it's because you've not developed a real relationship with Jesus. So that because you don't know him and you don't know his word, then you're like, well, this religion is like not for me mm-hmm. because these people are crazy. And it's like one of the things that I am so fortunate and, and so blessed by is that I do have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I do have also a mom who she'd be like, wait, what? What is happening? What? They're doing what? And so, you know, we would have discussions about certain things, but, you know, I'm thankful for that groundedness, like being grounded and rooted. I think when you're rooted in something truly, then it's harder to fall away, right? You know, the Bible talks about the wheat and the tares, right? Um, And the the good soil and the good ground and all of that. And so, we have to be rooted. And I think that's the thing that when you're so busy in church, you're not rooted, which is so sad. And I think it's so sad to spend your whole life Monday through, and I've been there. Like, I'm like, wait, what? I'm here every single day. And this is not the place where I (laughs) I am employed. (laughs) Mm. I'm here every single day. Why is that? You know, and it, and I think because a lot of us we're seeking identity, we're seeking, um, you know, some form of like tell me who I am, tell me that I'm worthy, and so we look to pastors and leaders for that same um, affirmation, you know, and so because of that, um, you know, if they affirm us, we'll do whatever they say, we'll do anything to get that affirmation, 
including over-serving and over-functioning. Um, and I've fallen victim to that. You know, mm-hmm. I was very young, just, you know, when I started kind of um, like, oh, okay, like going to church. And so it was just always that kind of thing. So I think it's so important that we have to be rooted and know who we are outside of these kind of structures, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the things that I think we are seeing now, especially with coronavirus and this pandemic, is that God is not limited to a building. So all those years that I was running to church, okay, I got to run to church because I got to go meet with God. It's like, well, what am I doing every, every day that I'm here at home? Yeah. I mean, you just did, like, this is one of the things that I really like and enjoy about you. You're somebody that I would describe as being spirit-filled so that you, you understand all these things and the ways of the world and you have all this intellect and you have all this knowledge and you have all this experience and then you always bring it back around to the word of God um, and to your relationship with Christ. And I think it's a beautiful thing that, we, that I experience from you personally that I really enjoy. And I think you do that with, with the magazine as well, mm-hmm. right? You talked about a couple of things, oh, so many questions. You talked about getting to that breaking point. Yeah. And I know um, for the sort of the intro to, to your podcast, you talked about having to get to a place where you needed to take care of yourself. Yeah. Practically speaking, what were those beginning steps? It really started, you know, as I said, it's been a journey. It's been like a two and a half year journey of really learning what it was, right? So at first it was like, I need, to take, I need to take a break, which for me, the first thing was like, I need to take a social media break, which is hard because as I said, it's what I do all day long. <laughs> right. So it's not like, oh, just, you know, shutting down. Um, it's literally what I do for a living. But I think what it was taking a break, not just from social media, but other forms of, entertainment or things, it really helped me to quiet the noise. The noise coming from external sources of who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to look like, et cetera. Right? So that was the first thing is like, okay, forget what everyone else says or what everyone else thinks. Who am I? Who does Yolande want to be? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be someone who um, I think the first kind of decision that I made was I don't want to be someone different from who I portray on social media. So like, I don't want to be someone who you're like, Oh, I follow her on social media. And then when you meet me in person, you're like, who are you? (laughs) No, I'm totally corny. So like, (laughs) not, you're pretty hilarious but I am so but what I mean is like um you know I'm not this kind of like I'm out with celebrities I'm out with like you know I have all this um like designer clothes yeah for a hot minute I did rent the runway Okay, so hold on. So let's pause for a second here because I like where I like where you're going with this, right? So when you talk about the noise and you started out talking about that hashtag girl boss thing, I think when you're a woman who you you have ideas, yeah, and 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 you you can be successful at things that you do. Some of that noise is well, you need to do it this way, and you yeah. need to show people X, Y, or Z. Absolutely, and that feeds into well, you need to dress this way, you need to look this way. These are the things that you post. These are the things that you not post. And I love that you said rent the runway because you see people that is so real. Like you see people all the time in these amazing getups and gowns and stuff, and you're like, wow, her wardrobe budget is okay. And they tag the designers. I've seen that. And I'm like, sis, I just got the same outfit on Rent the Runway. (laughs) They tag the designers rather than Rent the Runway. And I'm like, 
Yeah. So no, I no, and that's why I mentioned photo shoots because there was that mo- there was that period, especially with the magazine. I was like, oh my god, you got to create content, right? And it was like this team of women. I was like, okay, we got to like do photo shoots. And and I do have friends who are influencers, and so I know the deal. Like they do rent the runway or some other you know whatever clothing option, and then they'll shoot for to five outfits on a Saturday and that's content for the whole week. Right. So I was like, Oh, this is what I got to do. This is the process because women want to follow you because you look a certain way and you dress a certain way and you know, it's all this exterior stuff. And so then really being focused on that and saying, okay, I got to do all these photo shoots, increase my following. And then once I increase my following, then that will drive people to this message. Right. And rather than really sticking to one of the basic content rules, right, is, um, especially as a writer, like, it's the story that matters, right? We can put all the fluff all around it. And I understand that, you know, for some people, if they're in fashion, like, clothing is their content, right? pictures of clothes, them wearing those clothes are their content, but that's not me. And so part of me being authentic to who I am is saying like, this is not me. Who I am is I am a writer. I'm a storyteller. Um, I do want to tell people stories. So I'm just going to stick to that. If I happen to do a photo shoot here or there, great. I love it. If you're a photographer and you want to do a photo shoot with me, hit us up. Hit, me up. <laughs> hit us up. Yes. Hit us up. Hit us up. Let us know. We'll <laughs> We're, do down. It. We're down. If you're a clothing designer and you want to dress me, and praise God, because I have had people like, I, I felt like some kind I was like, oh, I'm unboxing. <laughs> like That's I had- so funny that you say that, because I think I did a photo shoot. <laughs> that we've been in quarantine I do all these photo shoots by myself yeah you do <laughs> you know, I put the, the fold on the tripod <laughs> work it out but when I had to do my first photo shoot for my website I was so nervous mm-hmm. um and I think you sort of articulated what what that was about right it was like these were going to be the images that I'm going to be using to build my brand right mm-hmm. um But at the end of the day, the images are great and people do love seeing pretty pictures, but you really need to put yourself there like that. The true story, the true story. And I think and it was like it was like a while later that I was able to identify this because the story that I tell on the intro for the podcast is the launch event for the magazine. And I had like a crazy panic attack. And it was just because I realized there's, there's always something that leads to my anxiety or my stress. It's not getting enough sleep. So the week leading up to the launch, I was like crazy, like getting a lot of things done. I think I had taken off a couple of days from work just so I could finish the website. So like I did the website myself. I was doing every, the graph, everything myself. Right. Um, I had hired a friend, (laughs) If she's listening, this I love you, but this is so not your gift. <laughs> she, I hired someone to do like the decor because I was like, I can't, I can't do everything right. And then just the 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 time that it was, a lot of people were, that I knew were busy because it was just a really busy season for a lot of folks, and there were other events happening. So I hired someone to do the decor. And I was focused on everything else. When I walked into the venue and I saw what she kind of put together, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Because it definitely wasn't my vision. Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't. Right? And I just, I freaked out because I'm like, this is not, this doesn't go with this image that I want to put out there. You know, and then... Um, I had hired like this um, kind of like photo studio thing and I told them exactly what I wanted. They got it wrong. So I was just like flipping out like, oh my God, oh my God. It's a, and, you, you, and I felt in that moment like a failure because the image that I had in my head of what I wanted and the, like what I got was like so different, right? 
And then it didn't matter. People were like, oh my God, I'm having fun. Like I had, you know, you ride or die show up and they're just, they don't care because they're just like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. You're doing awesome. You're doing great. I'm like, shut up. This is not what I, this is not my vision. This is not how it's supposed to be. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and it was all these expectations that I put on myself and put on like, you know, the, the pictures that are going to come out after, right? Because it's a magazine, so I wanted it glossy. I wanted it to look like the Met Gala, no lie. <laughs> the Met Gala. Too much. Yeah, I mean. So, and that's the other thing about me. I, I set really high expectations for myself. Mm. That's, I think, the, the kind of downside of being kind of a higher achiever. Right. Whereas people will be like, you're doing great. Like I literally have friends and this is why gratitude, um, you know, is so important. Like, you know, people talk about this gratitude journal and writing things down and journaling is so important because then you'll miss kind of some of the things that you should be like high-fiving yourself for, right? You'll miss it because you're so busy comparing your, um, your beginning to everyone else's middle. Right. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I, I think I picked that up on some sermons. <laughs> you know, stop comparing your beginning to someone's middle. Like, you, you know, one of the great things about people who are really authentic about their journey, and they'll be like, it took me 10 years to get to this place. Like, you don't see, like, the 10 years of hard work I put in to, to do this and all the failures that I've had before this. No, all you see is like, oh my God, their overnight success, they blew up and everybody's trying to blow up. I'm trying to blow up. Come on now. You try, we all, we all trying to level, level up as Sierra says. Yeah. And that's the whole concept behind the podcast that it's not about becoming this great person necessarily, but becoming a better version of yourself and Absolutely. what is true and authentic to you. Absolutely. And then also just um, being mindful of um, the person you're becoming along the way, that that in itself is a success. You know, I look back at the person who I was just even a couple years ago, and I'm like, I don't even think that way anymore. Like, that's a success. Like, mm-hmm. that, that is like, check, check off in my journal. I have a um, these prayer requests, these um, kind of things that I prayed, these prayers that I prayed over the years and I really like given to God. And there was a moment um, that I looked at the things that I prayed. And it, it was actually when I was coming out with a print edition of the magazine. And I realized this because I was just like reading through like an old journal that I had. And I, and I, and I saw that it was 2014 right? 2014. So at this point, this is like seven years ago that I had written, like in terms of my goals, like, you know, I'd written kind of not life goals, but just like goals. And one of them was to start a magazine. And I had forgotten about that. I had forgotten that I wrote that in 2014. Wow. And I was like, and then it was literally, there were so many things in that journal that I started putting checks next to like, check, check, like you did this like celebrate. Mm-hmm. You're doing great. You're doing awesome. You know, celebrate, celebrate those answered prayers, celebrate those moments instead of like, so focused on like, okay, what's next? Like, what's, what, I, what do I have to do next? It's like, no, celebrate those, those moments where it's like, yeah, you did the things you said you were going to do. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't look like how someone else is, it's still, you did it. You did. And, you, and you what did I, you did it. And what I like about it too, is that the magazine came out of the culminating project for mm-hmm. your masters. Mm-hmm. It did. And so that just put you right on track with what you're called to do. It sure did. But it was such like a, like a, almost a seamless thing. That's why I didn't recognize it at first. But I'd forgotten that I'd written that down as a goal. So that's why I'm such a big advocate for journaling and writing things down because you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. You'll so miss all the things that God is doing in this moment, in this season, because you're so busy comparing, because you're so busy looking at what's next. I love it. I love that you were able to create the magazine. Um, that, And it's just so real, right? It's so realistic. Um, and, and you share 
your experience, I think hearing your experience, you recognize the similarities. And I think that's what's beautiful about being in a community of women um, Mm. is that the more we share our stories and our experiences, the more we're able to recognize it in each other. And it's such a huge encouragement. It's such a huge encouragement. And I think that's what fuels me further with the magazine and even the podcast, because a lot of what I do is interview women and talk to them and listen to their stories. And so it always blows me away that someone that you will look at and kind of maybe even have on a pedestal, right? You hear their story and it's like, whoa, you go through things too. You know, and the people that you're looking at and the people that you're you're chasing so hard after, right? It's like they are going through some deep stuff. Some of them are depressed. Some of them are like not in love with their lives, right? I remember a friend dragged me to this kind of influencer event. And she was just like, oh, you know, this is when, you know, it's like, oh, we got to be out and about and at mm-hmm. these events, right? You know the type. <laughs> And it's, you know, all these influencers, I think they all had like hundreds and thousands of followers or whatever. They spent the whole time talking about how depressed they were. And I was just like, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. And so I think that was also like, a, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to be a part of that. Portion. That will not be my portion. So the minute that I feel myself getting anxious or stressed, boom, take a break, shut down, turn the computer off. Yolanda's going for a walk. She's taking, you know, she's going, she's doing something to get her mind right because that will not be me. I love that. I have so much more life to live. (laughs) I love that you know those limits, you know those those sort of indicators of, of you getting back there and you mm-hmm. stop yourself and you push yourself on track, right? One of the things that I appreciate from the magazine is the uh, Music Mondays. Yes. Um, that you all put out the playlist every Monday that's curated. Um, and the Walker, she's our music editor. She does such an excellent job curating these songs. I love, I love that. And then with the podcast as well, you're really putting into action the whole idea of self-care and community care. I know, like I did an episode with you and we talked about episode one, check it out. Um, We talked about the importance of community care. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that grew out of, again, these stories that I was listening to and it was, so that detour, right. Was, and, or pivot was kind of, I was listening to all these women who were, you know, similarly had fallen into this trap of trying to be girl bosses or trying to be all of these things. And then in the end, they were burnt out, confused, angry, bitter. Because who are they, right? Like they're presenting this. And I love that you told that 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 was the beginning part for you that like, like, wait, who I am needs to be who I present. Like, mm-hmm. it can't be these two it different characters. And no. I'll tell you a funny story about that another time. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear because your stories are always funny. I know. <laughs> but then I feel like you give me good insight about sometimes the characters in the story. <laughs> Listen, been around a long time. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate it. Um, but we're going to go to the lightning round now. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Don't sure. think about it. Just give me an answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Ah, flying. Okay. Maybe What's invisible. Something. You want to be invisible? I don't know. So I could like be a fly on the wall. <laughs> a couple of people have said that. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Um, right now it's purple, but it used to be blue. Okay. Your favorite dessert? OMG, what is my favorite dessert? I think I really love fruit. People tell I love grapes. I love mangoes. I just love fruit. So mangoes anything great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Celebrity crush? 
Oh my gosh. Trevor Noah. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, if she says somebody else, I'm done. Trevor Noah. (sighs) Can't be mad at that. If you read his book, you know his mama's saved. So it's just a matter of time, Trevor. It's just a matter of time. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. (laughs) Your dream vacation. Um, probably I'm, I, I'm supposed to be in Greece right now. A friend of mine is supposed and so I've, I've always wanted to go to Greece, but probably the Maldives or something. Okay. Your guilty pleasure. Um, guilty pleasure. Oh my gosh. Probably like super ratchet shows. <laughs> what is it with all you smart girls in these shows? <laughs> what are you currently watching? Um, <laughs> kind of ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I was interviewing Kita. Um, she's another tech alum, and she she told me how she watches like reality shows. And someone told her, "I'm disappointed in you." <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm still I'm waiting for at this point. I'm waiting for like I love Love Is Blind. Are you kidding me, Lauren and Cameron? Yeah. Um, I'm low-key obsessed with them. (laughs) I think a lot of people are. What's your favorite thing to do that you haven't done in a while? Travel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's all um, my questions for now. Yeah, I think I was like, I love that you kept, I did not plan to talk about what I talked about, but I did say, like, I was just like, but then, but then when you talked about detours and I was like, I was really, cause I was really feeling the stress this week. Mm. And I literally was like, I, I cannot, I have to like, cause I plan to usually what happens, I plan to play out another podcast. I'll plan to like, okay, every Wednesday, cause I'm only doing eight to 10 episodes for season one. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, this is easy. This is quick. But work was, I was so slammed with work this week. It was like every team that I give support to was just like, we need you all hands on deck. Mm. And I wasn't closing down my computer until seven. And the old me would have pushed past. Right. Would have pushed through, been like, okay, even if I'm up until one o'clock, I'm going to do it. And I think a part of that, I remember there was an influencer that I met, who I met at some event. And one of my first questions, because, you know, I was interviewing her, was like, how do you do it? And she was like, girl, sometimes I'm up until one in the morning, but I get it done. And so I think even subconsciously, those mm-hmm. words can kind of influence you because then you're, because for me, because then it's like, okay, well, if she could do it, I could do it. You know, yeah. if she could be up, like, I just need to like push through and be up until one, two o'clock. And then, but I was just like, I'm not doing that. I will push myself to the limit <laughs> sometimes. But then on the back end of it, I'll, I'll, I'll ease up. But I recognize that I have the flexibility to do that. Everybody doesn't have that. So you kind of have to set those boundaries. It's like such a turn off. It's funny right? because I spoke at like um, a Zoom event, a virtual oh, event. Oh, did you? A weeks ago. And they asked me about self-care in relation to the podcast. And I, there's this Bible study that I had done on care and Sabbath. And literally I studied it like, like, like it was like, I was going to school, to the school of rest. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I remember like writing it out and, um, having it. And so I, I kind of prepared, you know, a little talk on it and everything. And then as I'm talking and, and sharing, like kind of what I've learned about Sabbath and what about rest, like, Oh my God, everyone's like, I feel so convicted. Oh my God. That was so good. That was so good. So I'm like, again, back to the authenticity of who I say that I am, like, and I'm in this care deeply and self-care. So I'm like, I am not going to tell people to do something that I'm not doing for myself. Because the first thing that you said is I got to care about myself. Before I tell you how you can be better, I got to do it and put it to practice. I'm not going to tell you, you should practice self-care. You should take a break. You should do this that I'm not doing. And it's so funny because the, like the very next day, yesterday at work, we got a message from our um, chief um, corporate affairs officer, literally saying the exact same things that I had said to myself the night before, walk away from the computer, take a break. Nice. I think, I, yeah, I like that you said that, because I think that's what sort of pushed me to get the podcast together. Because mm-hmm. like, I remember you talking about, we were walking, and then I was like, so when are we going to do the interview? <laughs> 
because you had been telling me that you had everything together for the podcast and you just hadn't done it yet. And you're mm-hmm. like, would you, would you like to be interviewed? And I was like, sure. When do you want to do it? And like the next right. week I was at your house doing it. Yeah. And, and then I was like, Keisha, you've been sitting on this idea and you're telling other people to go do it. And you're not mm-hmm. like, come on, come on, <laughs> come, come on. on. Come on. And because it's in the beginning stages and because it's all about care. So I literally, I po- I think I posted um, a picture of you <laughs> and it was just like, we're on a mid season hiatus. Okay. If this is us can make me wait weeks <laughs> mid season for an episode. You listen. listen. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things um, why I, I was like, I'm going to do this every other week because mm-hmm. this Smart. is not, yeah, this is not, I, I, I can't put that sort of pressure on myself you cannot, you cannot. to get it out. So funny story, right? Hey, it's me. I'm back. I know you want to hear that funny story. And I promise you, if you ever see me in person, I'll tell you. But I actually turned off the recording to tell Yolanda that story. And if you can guess by now, we sort of inhabit some of the same spaces. We do kind of similar work at times. And so I think we were pretty much on the same page with what the moral of that story was. And so I just wanted to share with you all what the moral of the story is. In this case, it's about when you have a platform where you empower folks, it's important that you yourself are actually empowered and that you show up in real life the way that you show up on your platform. And it's kind of the <laughs> kind of the downfall, I think, of this kind of women women's empowerment movement is that there are a lot of women at the forefront who actually don't like other women. And it's no wait, say it again for the folks in the back. <laughs> there are a lot of women leading this women empowerment movement that do not like other women, and it's so frustrating. Like growing up. I remember um, there was this like deaconess or, you know, we had deacons, deacons, usher board. I was on the usher board. I wore white gloves, all of it. Um, But I just remember she was mean as I don't know what. And like, even as a kid, you're just like, well, that ain't Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't Jesus. But I just remember it was like one of those things where you could not talk to her. You couldn't even look at her. She was going to cut you with her eyes. But yeah, she was like a leader. In the, and it's so it, it always has turned me off when it's like, wait, these are the people who are supposed to be kind to you. And when they're not kind. So I hate that. When, like when you come and you say, I support women. I love women. I'm going to give women opportunity and a break. And then you're like, oh, no, you're the only woman that can have an opportunity or a break. And it's like, no. The thing about the magazine is, yes, I'm the founder and editor-in-chief. However, I have a team of people. Kendallin is a music editor. You'll see Kendallin's face. You will see Kendallin is going to be interviewing our new time for Music Mondays at 7 p.m. I love it. I love those times. So, but she's, she's like running with it that's her that's her thing to lead you know what I mean and um looking for if you want to collaborate with us Witten Grace magazine please reach out yeah I like that because it's as individual women we know it's it's a difficult space for us in the world and just you know speaking as women of color black women we just really need like I just it, it boggles my mind and I wonder I know one of the things I said and that we've been talking about is, you know, this whole idea of telling people one thing and being something else. And, and so it just makes me wonder that some of these folks that talk about self-care and women's empowerment and, and, you know, just sort of loving on each other, if it's an issue that they have turning that inward. You know, I know one of the things I said on your podcast, and it's something that I truly believe, is that, you know, self-care is your opportunity to show yourself how much you love and care for yourself. Absolutely. You know, and I think um, after years of seeing women in therapy, sort of walking down that road with them, one of the questions that oftentimes would ask them is, we're really kind to our friends. Yeah. Some of us will give our friends our last 
or our first, even when we don't have it for ourselves. Yeah. And I always would ask women, if you were a friend to yourself, what would yourself say about you? Like, what type of friend are you being? I love that. I love that. And I know you, you say I'm <laughs> spiritual, but I think one of the things that I, I really found in reading the Bible is that every principle and practice under the sun is in the Bible. So when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, hello, is the quote that I use with your episode. It's like, he's saying, you can't, you're supposed to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. We take that to say, okay, I'm going to do more for my neighbor than I do for myself. No, but he's saying, he's making the assumption there in that text that you love yourself and the command is that you're going to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. So that means first I got to love myself. Mm-hmm. And some of us do not love ourselves. There lies the problem. <laughs> and so that's why it's, it's a, a part of it is like learning to love yourself, right? I'm constantly around women and I'm around women who do not love themselves. And it's the saddest thing to see very, very successful women financially. They're financially successful. They have all the things, all the things that you think that you want. And they're just like mean, miserable mm. women or people. And it's just like, why? Because you, you thought that having all those things would make you love yourself more. Yeah. You, oh, finally, I'm going to love myself because I have all of this. Yeah. We got to do better. We got to. We got to do better. Thank you for joining us, y'all. Make sure to check out Weight and Grace magazine on social media and the Cure Deeply podcast as well. There's some really amazing episodes on there. Thank you so much for joining us. You truly are an inspired woman. You inspire others and you are constantly working towards becoming that better version of you. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Dr. Keisha. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe as we continue on the misadventures of an inspired woman. Follow me on all social media platforms at Dr. K Thompson. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-K Thompson. And check out my blog at www.drkeisha.nyc. I'm so glad that you're a part of our community of goal getters. Be sure to share this with someone else. And as always, be intentional.